Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Why Linguinius Bodingus, my dude? No, no, How are we no, hanging vetoing that. with the poggers? <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> you can't stop me, Liam. In improv, I would look at you and say, new choice, and you would have to do another take on that. But thankfully, we're in the real world. No! <laughs> oh, I'm sick of you undermining me. <laughs> Hi. Hello. That's how normal people say hello. Like but we're it. not normal people. No, we're, we're not. We're the hosts of JoJo's World, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. JoJo's World, a podcast for nerds. What are we recapping and or discussing, Liam? Oh, Nick. A little anime called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Specifically, the 27th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean, Sky High, which covers... Chapters 706 through 711 of the podcast. That's a lot of, of the, chapters. Of the anime. Yeah. That's of the, the manga. Of the... Fuck me. <laughs> We're off My to an amazing start. My brain has been reduced to a green slurry because I've spent every free moment playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Available now on Nintendo Switch from all participating retailers. Your thoughts are like the weird goo that you use to stick objects together yeah, now. Yeah, the, the goo ooze. Yeah, the weird... I'm brooding in ooze. You're as you, brooding you know, in ooze. As you remarked earlier. God, what a phrase. You could just be like, listen, in order to get anything done... It's got done, good mouthfeel. Listener, yeah. I encourage you to, wherever you are now, no matter how many people are around, to say aloud, brooding in ooze. Say or it with brood me. brood in ooze. Say it with me on the count of three. Say it with a Scottish accent. Brood in ooze. Sorry to our Scottish <laughs> listeners. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the podcast host things. Nick, what did you think of Sky High? Good. Nick, let me stop you there for a second. Sure thing. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I've trained you so well. <laughs> and yet still you defy me. I want to share with you some words of wisdom from Hirohiko Arik, the I creator will, of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I will stay as quiet as required the mangaka. to hear his words spoken to me. From volume 13. <laughs> you, just, you can't even start without laughing. Right, I, just, I, I haven't read this one, but just based on the, the title of it, I'm sure it's going to be good. Okay. Regarding superpowers. Part one. <laughs> oh yeah, you are not wrong. <laughs> Here we go. According to my mother's account, I was said to have superpowers when I was little, though that's no longer the case. Good start. Okay. What kind of superpowers, you ask? For instance... In the waiting room of a hospital, I suddenly disappeared into the shadow of a couch. And then when my mother asked, what's up with him? A doctor in his blouse would come. In other words, I apparently hated doctors so much that I had the power to predict, or rather sense, when one was approaching. Unbelievable, right? A stand that only works on doctors. Y yes, that is unbelievable. <laughs> so he, he just knew, oh, there are doctors about in the There's hospital. There's doctors afoot. <laughs> you just... You walk into a general practice, you're like, it reeks of doctors in here. Medicine. Uh, uh, I know that scent. There's no cure for this medicine. <laughs> There's no cure for being a doctor. Hi, I'm Hirohiko Araki, Dr. Hunter. Hey, Hirohiko Araki, Dr. Hunter. Can I ask you a question about why you hunt doctors? Yes. Why don't you actually hunt them? Like, why do you just hide from them? I'm working, it's scary. I'm working my way up to it. Okay. But isn't the premise of this TV show that's airing on Fox Tuesday, 7 to 9 Eastern Standard Time, is that you hunt the doctors? I do. But then I get scared. Uh, Are you a doctor? No, I guess I'm not. Okay. 
Otherwise, I would shoot you 12 times with this revolver. <laughs> well, good thing I'm not a doctor. Hide stethoscope. Yeah. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> and that's how that bit goes. Yep. This is the episode that some bullshit happens in. This is a great Sky episode. Sky High, though. aka Sky Guy. Which is, of course, the nickname that Ahsoka Tano gave to Anakin Skywalker in The Clone Wars. Was it actually? Yes. <laughs> he, they phased it out after the first season. Yeah, okay. All she right. would call him Sky Guy, mm-hmm. and he would call him... He would call her Snips. Snips. I don't know why. Maybe because... Uh... Maybe because of her... Long hair. And Montrails. What, what are they or called? Leku. Leku. Yeah. That's what they're called. Oh, Twi'lex. Never nah. change. She's, uh, a, she's a Togruton. Wait, but the Twi'lex have the and Leku. here I am unpacking all this Star Wars knowledge I thought I'd long put away. Uh, Liam, I'll have you know, the Twi'lex have the Leku? Yeah, so, so then what the, do the Togrutu have? Togruta have Leku and Montrails. Oh, okay, all right. So they're two distinct things. Yeah, it's like how multiple happen. different species have hair. I don't accept that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nikki, Nikki, Nikki. <laughs> What did you think about this one? Fucking bonkers and amazing. Fucking bonkers. To my mind, it does contain the iconic Jolene Cujo moment, though. Oh. Which we'll get to in due course. Okay, interesting. But no, it was really, like, the whole episode is A, self-contained, B, fucked, and C, treads very lightly into territory that you're like, hey, Araki... I don't know. I don't know if any of this makes any sense. Like, I I think this episode is good. Like, it packs a lot in. I think if they had tried to stretch it out for two episodes, it would have been interminable and incredibly tedious. Yes, absolutely. And that's why it all works so well together. (laughs) Yeah, they got the pacing right, even if they had to cut the credits. Mm, mm. Well, without further ado, Nick, I think it's time to open this little chapter. Of Jojo's world. The year is 2006. Ish. Uh, there's, there's, we're in some sort of anime version of Florida where kids are allowed to yeah. pilot helicopters. We open where we left off, where Emporio, the child, is piloting a helicopter. He's doing really well. To be fair, how old is uh, Jolene at this point? Mm, 18-ish? Yeah. 17, 18? I don't know if I'd trust a 17, 18-year-old with a helicopter either. Yeah, more than like a 10-year-old, though, whatever he is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she's driven a car. That is also true. That is also... She has piloted a vehicle yeah. before. Emporio grew up in a prison. Well, Emporio's figured out the autopilot, at least. So he's, he's getting the hang of it. Helicopters are notorious for their easy-to-pilot nature and their autopilots. I don't know why he said, oh, this is autopilot, I'm getting the hang of it now, mm. when autopilot drives it for you. Maybe it's like, like cruise control where it, you know, it doesn't steer for you, but it uh, maintains your speed. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it does, though, doesn't it? I don't know. I'm not a pilot. Oh, okay. Do we have a pilot on hand that we can just bring into this room right now? <laughs> Coming straight from the red-eye flight to Perth, Western Australia, it's Captain Dan Andrews. <laughs> oh, that's that guy, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's not that's good. That's the premiere of Victoria. Yeah, that's a... Uh... A man who's already had enough struggles then to have to be on this podcast. You know, that could really put his political career over the top. He can make uh, mm. Prime Minister after the JoJo's World endorsement. <laughs> with, our, with our name behind him, he can make... Uh, I don't know if there's anything... He can do Prime whatever Minister. he wants. He could be an astronaut. He could be a gardener. He could be an That's anime. thing. <laughs> Uh, Hermes leans in and is like, don't get complacent. Didn't you read that helicopters crash? And uh, I'm pretty sure it all boils down to the helicopter will crash in due time. But not right now. It's a question of 
when, not if a helicopter <laughs> yes. will crash. Have we ever had a helicopter uh, that hasn't crashed in JoJo's so far? I don't think we've had any helicopters. Yeah, we had a um, what's his name in the helicopter, didn't we? The the big oh, dirt yeah, that's man. right. Um, dirt guy and doctor dude who could disassemble. Yeah, the they had a helicopter, didn't they? But did that crash? It was definitely destroyed. Hmm. I mean, everything was destroyed in that part. I think that's the only helicopter, though. Hmm. Okay. All in right. part three, they got a Cessna. They got other planes and boats. I don't think they ever got a helico- helicopter. Yeah. They didn't get a helicopter. They got a submarine. Yeah. Mm. Planes, trains, and automobiles. No trains. No trains. No. Well, very few automobiles as well. There was that one car that set Jotaro on fire until he dug away. The one car that set Jotaro on fire until he dug yeah, they, away. Yeah, the episode that was Duel. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then he kind of hid underground and we were like, It was just okay, his coat. You, you definitely coat died, yeah. Well, that episode's got nothing on this one. <laughs> so they're in this helicopter just happily flying yeah. along. Jolene's like, we need to go west. And they're all, but we'll get to Cape Canaveral in like half an hour. Like, no, we need to go west to Orlando. I can sense the priest there. And it's building on this thing where um, Weather Report, Pucci, Jolene, and all of the sons of Dio can all sense each other's locations. Mm. And they just so happen to all be in Florida. Which is kind of like how Trish and the boss could sense each other's locations. I guess that's just a JoJo thing with... It's like familial Blood ties. and magic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And stands. And eating the green baby to become part of the Joe Star bloodline. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the star. Yeah. The Joe Star. Whoa. That's right. You see that needle? That fucking moon-sized needle? Bam. Just threaded it. Threaded a camel straight through it. A camel? <laughs> That's an old saying. Um, Is this like hoisted by your own petard levels of like... Exploded by your own... No, it's a Bible thing. Oh, it's okay. It's not worth going All right. Into, but... Forget about it. A little, sw- a little swipe of movement um, flies in through the open window of the helicopter. Is that how they work? I guess it can. <laughs> and Hermes is like, oh, was that the air conditioning? No, oh, something strange has happened. And then all of their eyelids get really droopy. Just like, um, we didn't have his name last time, so we were calling him Cow Print Bodysuit Guy, but his yep. name is Ricky L. Ricky L. A-, a man whose name is needlessly complicated. Ricky L, the story of Ricky. The story of Ricky. It's a Ricky O. The story of Ricky is a movie. Is it? Yeah, it's like a martial arts thing or something. Oh, I haven't okay. seen it. Okay, all right. I was just thinking it would be like some rom com. It's like Ricky O. The story. Ricky, of Ricky Lake. The story of Ricky. Oh, but Ricky, I love you so much. Yeah, well, I'm a martial artist. I don't know love. I think it's the plot of Cobra Kai. <laughs> I'm not allowed to know love because I run a martial arts studio. No, because I'm too busy doing teen karate. Ah, makes sense, makes sense. All their eyelids get droopy, so the helicopter immediately starts to crash. The autopilot function? Who knows what's up the with The autopilot, that? it does nothing. <laughs> it's just a placebo. Oh my god, we were piloting the whole time. Oh, good job. But also we're going to crash. No, you misheard me. I said Otto, the pilot, is doing a great job. <laughs> the fourth man who's just been on the pedals the yeah. whole time is like, I can't see! Yeah, he's um like flintstoning the helicopter. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, wait, who's that? That's Otto! Oh god, Otto Otto's pilot! Only, he's only two feet tall! That's why he's so good at his job! He got shrunk by a stand. Mm. One of the two shrinking stands we've seen in this part <laughs> got him. So then, long story short, Jolene's eyes are bleeding out. Yep. Uh Hermes's yeah, eyes. She's I real think- like um. Not Final Destination, what's uh, it Event called? Horizon? Yeah. yeah, she's event horizoning up in here. <laughs> Where we're going, we were need eyes. Yeah, so... And later on, 
They don't. She doesn't. Yeah. Mm. It's just like Event Horizon. Yeah. So she literally grabs everyone and says, all right, how fast do you think this helicopter's going? Yeah, well, so basically there's this thing. It's, it's swooshing around in the cabin real quick and they can't... I mean, they can't see properly because their eyes, but also it's too fast to see anyway. Hmm. Uh, they, they try a punch, but no luck. So Jolene makes the decision that if she can... She asked uh, Hermes if she can... Uh, if she knows which direction the attack is coming from, can she stop it? And Hermes is like, I'm sure I can. So Jolene grabs them all and they jump out of the helicopter. It's really weird because th- this is like that quantum mechanical... I think sure. I think it's the Heisenberg principle or something. This isn't math. It's boom. <laughs> it's, it's the thing where like you can know something's position, but you can't know its speed at the same time. Whatever the fuck that was again. It's I'm, like, I'm st- for the listeners, I'm staring at Nick blankly because physics is well outside oh, my yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some, field of expertise. It's some quantum mechanics shit that everyone's like, oh, you can't know its speed and its position at the same time. Otherwise... You'd know everything. And you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, it's like you can't measure everything. But it's actually like, it's a bad way of phrasing it, I think. But it's like that where it's like, do you know where it's coming from? Yes, but I don't know how fast it's coming at us. Do you know how fast it's coming? Yeah, but I don't know its position. Like, great, we're going to quantum mechanics his face off. Well, I look forward to reading the corrections on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, someone be like, Nick, I'm a quantum physicist. You are so wrong. Welcome to NASA, Nick. You are too right. <laughs> oh. Oh. They do stop for a moment. Yeah, uh, the discussion is... Shit, its speed wouldn't be a problem if we can figure out a position. Can you get rid of it if we learn its position? If we knew its direction of speed? And long answer? Yes. Maybe. Short answer? She no. Opens the, um, opens the helicopter door mm-hmm. uh, and then... Gets up in Hermes's face and says, how fast are we going right now? Is it 170 kilometers per hour or 200 kilometers per hour? And they jump out. There it is, up above. It's a... Describe this thing, Nick. Um, a penis torpedo. Yeah, I was going to say if you strapped a couple of like... Um, Flaps to a dildo? No, you know... Yes, to a dildo. But yep. you know like those um, like rotors on submarines or um, on the back oh, of a ship? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like if you got like a... You know one of those boats with the motors on the back? Yeah. Like the rudder? That's the one. Yeah, if you strap them onto it and they're spinning, but you're on a vibrator yeah. instead of a submarine or a torpedo. <laughs> it's or rushing at them. Hermes punches it with her stand and it, it crumples and they won. Oh. Now they just have to deal with the fact they're falling out of a helicopter. And also and the fact that there's like... Hundreds. 50 more of these things. Yeah. So then they're like, well, we can't punch them all. And also we're falling. And we can't fall much faster yeah, than this. So Jolene Spider-Mans the rail of the crashing helicopter mm-hmm. and uses that to arrest their momentum enough that they can land safely in the river underneath them or stream. Or, or somewhat small lake. Mm. Ill-defined. The wetlands. The swamp. The land is wet. Yeah. We're in Florida. Everything's wet. And they're fine, except that Emporio still can't open his eyes. But the helicopter comes to a gentle, graceful <laughs> explosion. <Fiery> explosion. <laughs> it's like it's the way the way it's landing is shot. Like it's over the tree line. But it's like you know in the Simpsons when um, Chief Wiggum's in the beer mascot thing and he and rolls, rolls down, down the, the hill and he explodes. <laughs> it's just like that. It's like it's like yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> Amazing. Hermes opens her fist. To reveal the mangled dildo. And she says, they're not stands, they're living organisms. What? But that's impossible. I've never seen such a creature. It, it's impossible to exist. Jolene reels in the rest of her thread. So the enemy stand can control these creatures. Oh no. 
and then he's there. Yeah, he Ricky Hell is just there. And he's, he, he's got a motorbike that I'm pretty sure our mutual friend owns. Yeah, he's just there with his motorbike at the side of the exact wetland they landed in, and he's like. I have enough focus to shoot a helicopter out of the air. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't even drive a car before this, but now I can do anything. Yeah. I'm so focused, so alive. And flashback to Poochie being like, Ricky L, think of the man named Dio, your father, and your anxiety will be cured. But and I, it was. But I can't open my eyes. Nah, just let me, he goes, he presses eject on the top of his head and the disc comes out. It's like, you've got this ability, you control rods. He's like, rods? Rods. Rods. And then they're sort of surrounded by rods a bit. Oh, we get his uh, his sad backstory about how he had an anxiety attack in high school mm. and now he's anxious all the time. <laughs> you know, no one no one would ever have, have that as a real backstory. No one's ever had an anxiety attack in high school and then... It just goes to show, <laughs> you know, mental illness is just made up. You just yeah. need an evil priest to give you a magical power and it'll cure right up. Listen, everyone who's ever had a panic attack in high school just moved to Florida. It's fine. You'll figure it out there. Father Pucci literally opened his eyes. I... (laughs) (laughs) Shit, this is the only time we're ever going to have a moment where that can ever be said. We'll see. (gasps) Will we have more eye-opening moments from Father Pucci? In in a literal sense? Time will tell. There's still four days till the new moon. Ooh. He can control the rods. They're all swooshing around. It looks beautiful. And what's weird is that Father Pucci's backed right off because he's like, whoa, one of those things almost touched me. And then, like, his mouth violently ejects a tooth. Now, knowing what we know, does that make any sense? Maybe? So, what we learn is that these things steal body heat, causing the body systems to shut down. Hmm. So, if his gums lost their body heat and rotted then the tooth would fall out, but it wouldn't be ejected with such violent no, force. No, But, Nick, have you ever heard of gravity? Uh, the very the... same force that brought down that helicopter with such fiery force brought down his tooth. Oh, I thought you were talking about Gravity, the movie starring Sandra Bullock and... Dan Andrews. Dan Andrews. <laughs> That's how he got into being uh, a captain. minister. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a captain, a minister, an astronaut... Yeah, he's he's everything, you know. Dan Andrews, leader of uh, the free world, the free the new world order. <laughs> it's our least accessible joke ever. <laughs> no, it's not. You can Google Dan Andrews, and you'll see a probably a photo of him before and then after COVID hit, where we just go, "Oh, Dan, you're doing a good job, though." And he's like, "Yes, I am." For eleven straight months. Anyway, starting today, your stand ability shall be known as Sky Guy, and you can call me Snips. Snips? That's what Poochie says. Oh, Snips. Ugh. Because of my leku. Oh. He's, got, he's got these leku. But where are his. On the back of his neck. What, what are they, where are his. Uh, what are they called? Monorails? Montrail. Mon- mono- Remember, mono means one, and trail means trail. <laughs> his montrails. I guess they kind of. I suppose we need to talk about rods. Okay, so do the do these rods right? Do they actually exist in Florida as a cryptid? Let me rephrase that. Yes, the rods. Okay, (laughs) ambiguous question. Please ask again. Rods are a thing as far as cryptids. They're a known concept. Okay, so they're actually quote unquote real. (laughs) Wink. The government won't say yes, but I will. Cryptid wiki. Uh huh. Which defines them as. 
multi-dimensional entities with an M. Okay. Atmospheric beasts. Technological errors and or, and misidentifications. Um, every other thing is unknown about them. First sighting, unknown. Last sighting, unknown. Country, global, habitat, unknown. Possible population, unclear. So what's the photo of it? A sort of vague rod-like shape in the air. So possibly a cloud. Or a... Or a submarine. <laughs> yeah. Air rods, called flying rods, and sometimes referred to as skyfish, are something like crop circles in that even sceptics acknowledge their existence. <laughs> Bold claim, no citation. <laughs> like the most conspiracy theorist shit where you're like look guys we all know i mean the u.s has been talking a lot about uh ufo sightings recently but I have they yeah what? not aliens but unidentified objects or craft but but not in a oh yeah by the way like it's impossible to explain. More like a oh, we know it's an unidentified. We just haven't object. really sourced it. Yeah. Yeah. It could be possibly could from be Russia. A drone. Yeah. It could be a balloon. It could be something like that. Yeah. But we just don't know where it's from or what it was doing there. Not. So we saw this flying disc in the sky and we don't know what it is. I mean, there have also been some things like that, but but not like recently, right? Yeah. What? What is going on? What anyway. is this world we're living in? But I don't know if they're talking about rods. <laughs> So, yeah, even sceptics acknowledge their existence. Well, I guess I have to acknowledge it. Okay. The only question is what they really are. That's not a not phrased as a question. <laughs> Air rods have never been seen live with the naked eye, but are picked up by cameras and cell phones all over the world. Okay, so the, the entire premise of this episode, which is that they can't be seen on cameras, but can be seen by the naked eye, is wrong. That's not a premise in this episode. Never mind. <laughs> well, hang on, that is. They said that TV cameras can never find them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but to the human eye, you can see them and go... Oh, well, if you're falling out of a helicopter and you're both moving at terminal velocity... Yeah, maybe you'll fucking see it then. Explanations. I, I'm going to try not to read out this whole cryptid wiki article, but every, every line is good so far. Okay. Are they living creatures, alien probes, or some sort of 3D electromagnetic smudge? <laughs> Smudge. To believers in the cryptozoology-based theory of air rods, air rods are probably living creatures, and they are possibly related to older stories of atmospheric beasts. That's a link, but I'm not going to click through to it because we need to maintain a tight yep. focus here. Yep. This is for another time. Air rods are vi um, commonly claimed to be video artifacts created from motion blur in interlaced video recording or after-image trails of flying creatures like insects. Mm-hmm. Significantly more outlandish theories claim that air rods might not be made of matter, that they're made of electromagnetic fluxes or some other form of energy, are made of some undiscovered fifth phase of matter. Ooh, like plasma. Yeah, or solid liquid or gas. Yeah, or something else. Yeah. The uh, thing that they literally just said. <laughs> that they could have evolved from organisms that are native to the clouds. Native to the clouds. Native to the clouds. Like the Rito in Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Ah, nice. Or they may be tears in reality or condensed strings. Condensed strings. Like in string theory. Oh, I see. The thing that we all know isn't good. I don't really know about it. Mm. Uh, there's a whole section entitled Hoax that I'm going to skip over. Because we all know 
hoax is wrong. They're clearly real, just... Bold. After all of that speculation about their nature, this paragraph begins with bolded text, unusual on a wiki. Uh-huh. Air rods have been debunked as a problem with cameras that show an insect several wings beating instead of one, creating a rod effect. Oh. Oh. Then the article keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> Sightings, description. So why at the top of this didn't it have a big debunk thing? I, I don't know if you've noticed, but Cryptid Wiki might not be the uh, most reliable source for factual information. How dare you? How dare you demean and undermine the Cryptid Wiki? Run okay. by fandom, I assume. This is how, yes. This oh, is how God. the section under history begins. Mm-hmm. History. However... If they were living creatures, why had people never seen them? Why did they only show up on film? And what could they possibly be made of? It's a conversational piece. It has become popular among the faddish air rod supporters. I'm sorry, the what? Faddish. Faddish? As in chasing a fad. Yeah, yeah, but... the You know, the popular air rod fad. The what? My Nike air rods. (laughs) Just, Just the idea of... You remember how we were all into cryptids in the 80s? Apart from the fad and the people this fad has attracted, serious researchers are still trying to find a solution to the Aeron mystery. What mystery? You just said they were debunked. <laughs> oh dear. Aerods have also appeared, uh, or creatures like them, have also appeared in Hey Pikmin uh, and in Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. I'm sorry, fucking what? Get the fuck out of here with that shit. What the hell are you talking about? I have nothing else to say on the subject matter. Okay. Well, I know I do. And now you know about rods. Rods. Those classic little boys. Those Those vibrators. Those spunky little fellas zooming all around us, making our eyes close and our hands rot. Coming closer with every little... But never actually touching you. Mm. Well, I don't want that touching me. It's like, you know how, like, a bully or a mean older sibling would, um... Uh, of course, Nick, what used to be the mean older sibling himself, um, of course, would like repeatedly like wave their hand right in your face and be like, "I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you." Yeah, that never happened to me, nor did I do it to anyone else. But I can see how it would happen to other people, mm. particularly if you were the brother of like John Cena. You know? Do you think he was a bully? I mean, the man maybe who famously announced that we caught and compromised <laughs> to a permanent end Osama bin Laden, who also plays Peacemaker. In Suicide Squad, comma, V. Haven't seen it. Mm. Who functionally is the greatest bully for America. Is he in one of the Fast movies? I think he's in multiple Fast movies. I know, the, I know Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I remember. He is in Fast 9 as Dom Toretto's evil brother. Dom to- Who? Vin Diesel's character. Oh, okay. All right. As his evil brother. As in Dwayne The Rock Johnson or John Cena? John Cena. Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays Hobbs or Shaw. I think it's Shaw. I think it's Hobbs. You reckon but it's we'll Hobbs? But we'll never know. Impossible to say. We'll have to write, do a write-up on Cryptid Wiki on Hobbs <laughs> and Shaw one time. You know what's really weird, right? Not to get off trap, off topic of judges. No, by all means. Apparently, Hobbs and Shaw the movie, actually quite good. Okay. That's all. That's all I had. I've been listening to uh, frequently referred to on this podcast, mm. other podcasts, mm-hmm. the worst idea of all time. As you do. Currently, their worst idea project. Is it to do with Fast and the Furious? It is. Oh boy. They're watching, I may have even described this on this podcast before, um, they are watching all of the Fast movies mm-hmm. in reverse order, but they're watching each movie a number of times equal to its place in the franchise. 
So, so they started at nine, they watched that nine times, then they're watching eight, 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 eight times, times, and so on. Oh my god, what a night. No- when you get to like, did, did Tokyo Drift come that's, to That's it? number three, I believe. Oh my god, no. I haven't seen any of these movies, but I'm kind of curious. So I can tell you right now, it does like, here's Fast One. He's uh, got his hand at a sort of a mid-height to yep. indicate a level of quality. Here's like Fast Two. Little, Slightly lower. Little lower. Here's Fast Three. Huge nosedive. And then we got like fast four. Lateral move. Fast five? Back up and not as high as the first. I've heard that five is the best. No, no, five is like, okay, you're starting to get ridiculous. You're kind of getting there, but you're not there yet. Okay. Six. Back up, still lower than the first. Seven. See, this this flies in the face of what I've heard. Eight. Even higher. Nine. Who knows where ten could possibly go. Wow, Nick, these are... Based on what I've heard from this podcast, controversial opinions. Look, all I know is that I've seen Fast and Furious 1. Although I suppose you probably wouldn't rank those latter ones so high if you had to watch them. In reverse order, the number of times. Nine weeks in a row. Yeah. So all all I know is they they begin to sort of follow a, yeah, look, we know kind of mentality. Because I thought that it all went off its wheels when Paul Walker died. Well, with Paul Walker's death came a sort of reinvention of the fast methods. So before it was about family, but now it's just about, yeah, we're just, we're going to keep going. And so they're just trying to one-up themselves with every single scene. And like you start off the movie with like a tank flying out of a skyscraper. Like that's the level that you're dealing with. I see. (laughs) With Paul Walker's death comes a certain freedom that maybe we should never have pursued. I... I'm kind of opposed to those movies mm. on a philosophical level because of the... And this pro- they're probably far from the only series that does this. Mm. But the degree of creative control and ego the stars assert in terms of their characters. Like, it's a part of Vin Diesel's contract that his character can never be seen to be losing a fight. Huh. Like he, it's not it's not that he can't lose a fight. Yeah. It's that he can never be seen to be losing the fight at all. So he could never So okay. A so, A he's not going to lose a fight. Yep. And B he's not going to be losing that fight and then at come any back. any point. Yeah. Interesting. And that's not a and choice. I believe, I believe the rock is the same. And that's not a choice that was made at any point by anyone intelligent. That was done <laughs> by like some That was done lawyer. by Groot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some level no, of Yeah. like some producer somewhere... No, no, like, it was it was Vin Diesel advocating for it. Wait, what? What? Groot himself? Yeah. Oh my god, that's weird. So, Nick. Yes. Rickiel is the, there. The milkman. The cowboy. The calf slayer. Because of all the calves he killed to get that beautiful cow print. Exactly, exactly. So smooth. One day he'll kill more cows and get full body coverage instead of the sleeveless and chestless piece he has now. But his neck is fully covered. Yeah, with priorities. <laughs> Just... He doesn't want any rod stealing his body heat. It's literally everywhere except... Where is He's it? got a boob window and he does... it's sleeveless. But his neck is like a neck brace. He's got a long neck as well. He's like an absolute giraffe. Boy. No, no, no. See, it's see the patches create a visual ah, illusion. Drawing the eye upwards. Exactly. It's like vertical lines, but yeah. that, that's, all, that's all a hoax, all right? It's about... Vertical print. lines are the rods of the fashion world. <laughs> no one knows if they exist, and we don't know if they work. So anyway, there are some dead, there's some dead rod on the ground, but they, they don't know how it works yet. All they know 
is that this guy's in front of them being like, ha! He's like, come closer. <laughs> and they start to walk closer to him. And then Jolene goes, don't get too close. He's trying to lure us in. And he's like, damn, they saw through my cunning ruse. So, so this is like, I think I remarked to you, this is where you're like, you're in a Counter-Strike lobby. You're like, yeah, all right. I'm going to have a good time. I've been playing some single player against some bots. I'm ready to take on the online world. And then everyone knows exactly what the fuck they're doing. And you're like, wait, why aren't they... Why aren't they doing what I thought they were going to do? What's going on here? And you just get trounced. Just, we're not even playing the same game. Yeah. They're just like, oh no. We've killed like a dozen stand users at this point. It's like, come closer. There's this weird, weird dynamic to the early phase of this fight where... It's it's about whether or not um, Ricky L is having a panic attack about something inconsequential because at this point his bike starts to sink into the mud and he's oh like, no. oh no, I, f- I forgot to put the kickstand on. I have to rev it up and move it to solid ground. Oh no, I've lost the key. <gasps> oh my God, I can't take on this fight. I can't take on the world. Ernest throws a heap of rocks at him, but they... Effortlessly dodge. Well, he doesn't even move. They just kind of swoop up into the air and away. And she's like, oh, I, I don't know how that happened. Yeah, look, I don't know how that happened I guess either. the rods took them away. They move in a similar arc to what the rods, uh, chemtrails. Contrails? <laughs> uh, I, I guess. Leave behind her. I suppose, but it's still like, it's like the tooth. Not really well explained. No. It's just the thing. Well, they are cryptids. Oh, they are cryptids. And there are many theories, uh, even even apart from the faddish people cashing in on the rod fad. Yeah, yeah, but Liam, you have to admit... I was into rods before they were cool. You have to admit, even as a sceptic, you know that rods definitely exist. Yeah, well, even sceptics admit they exist. Exactly. Because they're insects. <laughs> Listen, if you accept <laughs> if you accept that a praying mantis exists, a rod is real, okay? Hermes reveals she has a fistful of rocks covered in kiss stickers in her palm. She rips them off, the rod the rocks come back and smash Shrikiel in the face. Uh their eyes kind of open up a bit easier and they're like, oh yeah. that's good. But now And how he's having a panic attack, my eyelid, it's twitching. So and the rods all stand still because they've ent- he's entered a a panic. You know, like state. in a Zelda boss, mm-hmm. where you you use the the dungeon item against the boss to put them into a weakened state where you can finally yep. hit them with your sword. Yep, that's what they've done to him. Uh, so now they can attack every rod. Well, now they can attack him and deal some proper damage. Uh, but that's not what they do. Instead, Hermes goes, "All right, take two, throw Chuck- more rocks. Let's test this boy." As she throws the rocks. He sees that he never took the key out of his motorcycle ignition and immediately recovers his mental fortitude. And he's like, oh, thank God. Hermes's hand rots away. The fingers curl up. Emporio starts pissing blood. And uh, Rickiel starts talking about Apollo 11. Yeah. So so Jolene isn't really affected by anything right now. She's kind of fine for most of this fight. Yeah. But Rickiel's like... Ah, just as man went to the moon. Yeah. That wasn't the real thing. I'll, I'll, I'll quote it here if you'd like. Please, yes. On the Apollo 11 mission, I... Oh, and this is coming out of fucking Sorry. nowhere. Yeah, so I'll correct myself. It was July 1969. Neil Armstrong made history as the first man to walk on the moon. July 1969, Hitler, Hitler rises, rises to, to power. power. On the Apollo 11 mission... <laughs> It's a very literal rise. Mm. I never understood its significance. And he's revving up his motorcycle. It's the engineers and scientists who fly the rocket to space. Even monkeys can become astronauts. Not true. 
Do you, you, uh, as I mean, the whole the whole thing about the astronauts, they're both in peak physical condition and very scientifically gifted. Hmm. Like a monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is all. I don't think we'll help. be telling them that now, shall we? The, Sim- <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons. Uh, or he's he's saying all of this while Emporio is pissing blood. Yep. And Hermes' hand is rotting away. And Jolene's fine. And Jolene's like, "What the fuck is going on?" But the first time I fully caught sight of the rods, it finally dawned on me: the first step on the moon was made by humanity's willpower. Mm. On the same day, humanity left the Earth and evolved. Mental evolution is invaluable. And then it all gets worse for the, our guys. <laughs> yep. So I'm pretty sure at this point, Jolene's like, I got to do something. I got I to gotta make my move. I got to make it now. And we see the stand, the, the, stand, the stand sky high appear on his wrist. And it's just a little, like, little bug wristband guy, essentially. Yeah, like a little beetle boy. Like a Beetleborg transformation device that they press on. I gotta, I gotta admit, I don't really know much about what the Beetleborgs actually look like. Yeah, look All I remember from when I saw them on Cheese TV is they were three teens yep. who were friends. Sure. Please, tweens. Let's, let's... Who were friends with like a house full of Frankensteins and mummies for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure be... it was like um, it was like Power Rangers, but a. Beetle motif and B, much more relatable because the monsters. Because they were friends with Frankenstein. The monsters were the good guys and the real monsters were the bad guys. A synopsis. Season one of 45. It's adapted from the Metal Hero Tokusatsu series Juko B Fighter and B Fighter Kabuto. That does sound familiar. Not to me. Mm, okay. Season one. Set in the fictional town of Charterville, three typical average kids. Andrew Drew McCormick, <laughs> Josephine Joe McCormick, ah, oh, classic, and their best friend Roland Williams. His nickname, the Squig, <laughs> enter the supposedly haunted Hillhurst Mansion after accepting a dare from rich snobs Van and Trip. Go on then, walk into the house. I dare you, McCormick. Come on, come on McCormick, walk in there, you little shit. Well, maybe I will. The house is revealed to be the home of real monsters in the likes of Universal Monsters. Ah, real monsters. And are set to eat the kids. (laughs) However, in the midst of a chase, the kids accidentally bump a pipe organ, releasing a phasm named Flabber. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Keep going. Keep going. He's friendly, and he grants them a wish. They wish to become their comic book heroes, the Big Bad Beetleborgs. Mm. However, this brings the Beetleborgs' sworn enemies, the Magnavores... Led by the evil Vexor to life. Ah. And he summons monsters from other comic books. So where do the monsters fit in? Why are they in this show? Because it's a haunted house. And they, they're just, they're not part of the comics brought to life. They're just real. Yeah. Because ah. they, the, they live in the haunted house. I suppose if they had to live anywhere, it would be a haunted house. Yeah, no one goes there. It's, and this was what, the 90s, I think? Or the ooze when it's this came out? It's a bit the ooze. Yeah. Surely it's the ooze. I really hate that we've called it the ooze and it's working for me. <laughs> 1996. Look, you gotta, you gotta brood, brood in the ooze. ooze. <laughs> you know? There was a lot of brooding in the ooze, what with Lincoln Park. <laughs> <laughs> and three days grace, animal um, I have become. Oh, there's so, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate how well this works. Every single band <laughs> from the ooze is like, you know, we're just brooding, you know, we're just brooding. Are you getting anything done? No, I've got to brood. It's the ooze. I'm looking at this photograph. I'm bullet for my Valentine ing. Um, I don't know any other bands from the ooze that brooded, but you know what? I'm sure they're around. 
just skimming the rest of this thing. Anything you you want a reason for why the haunted house had monsters? In I it. do. It's is what I crave. You could just Google that. You can just you can ask the question: Why were there real monsters in the haunted house in Big Bad Beetleborgs? And you know what they'll say? Because the house was haunted. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> Liam, Liam has found something. His face went from hmm, hmm this is all pretty shit to oh this is good. <laughs> Mums is a 5,000 year old Egyptian mummy mm -hmm. that used to be a prince, but he can unwrap his bandages to reveal a grim reaper-like form under his bandages. I think that's do how you, he... Do you want that whole phrase again? <laughs> Wait, he's a 5,000 year old mummy. That used to be a prince. That used to be a prince. But he can, and un... pay attention to the phrasing here. Unravel his... He can unwrap his bandages to reveal a grim reaper-like form under his bandages. <laughs> Yeah, what about it? <laughs> That's where it would be. Yeah. If he was unwrapping his bandages, yeah, it would be under his bandages. Yeah, he unwraps his bandages to unveil a Grim Reaper-like form under his bandages. <laughs> Count Fangula. <laughs> is a vampire. He loves motorbikes. <laughs> I want to... Count Dragula. Count Dragula. Oh. Actually, that is a, another thing That's from a, Bruden and the Oozen is uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Dragula. That's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And if you young fucking Zoomers don't know who Rob Zombie is... Okay, I'm just going to Google this. You go out there and you And you watch that remake of... Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> so what, what horror movie did he remake to uh, Summer Claim? House of Wax? No. Uh, a thousand, the House of a Thousand Faces or something? Mm. Hang on, I'll look that up. You look Why more. are the, the <laughs> monsters in Beetleborgs? What's a Beetleborg anyway? A Beetleborg is like the hero. It has like um. It's what's... a Sentai hero. I know yeah, that. Yeah, but they have like the beetle horns. But they have like robots that are like the Beetleborgs, and like I think they have cars or motorbikes or something as well. Because obviously, of course, they would. Um, because they're Carmen riders. Yeah, and so they just fight things off because they're cool, and and no one will take that what, away from what them. What I think is because obviously with all the martial arts. Suited footage, they just repurpose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah. from a Japanese show. Yeah, that's absolutely it. I reckon that on the American side of the coin, they just happened to have all these Halloween costumes and were like, "Yeah, fuck <laughs> it, there's a heap of monsters." Yeah, they they went to uh, <laughs> they went to like some old production and were like, "Oh man, remember when we had those mummy TV shows?" Yeah, they're just collecting dust here now. You know what'd be cool though, as a plotline? What's that? If there was a prince who took off his bandages... <laughs> to reveal a Grim Reaper-like form underneath his bandages. Was like, underneath his bandages? Underneath his bandages. Uh, also, was it House of a Thousand Corpses? No. Hmm. Was it The Monsters? No. Hmm. Was, was it Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? <laughs> no. I don't okay. think he made that. He was in it, though. Hmm. Was it CSI Miami? No. Let me see this. Okay. Alright. Then we'll get back on track, I promise. <laughs> Listeners, please. We beg of you, stay with us. Oh, it's Halloween. One of the Halloween movies. Oh, okay. Are you sure it wasn't Werewolf Women of the SS? Mm, that does sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm certain that people like Rob Zombie are just like, listen, I know what I'm making isn't the highest quality, quote unquote, Emmy award winning please. movie. Robert Zombit. <laughs> Rob, please. That's what, my, that's what my, uh, my official title is. You can just call me Zombit. Dr. Zombit. <laughs> Dr. Zombit. Okay, let's keep moving. Jolene charges forward, her leg rots and twists, and Emporio deduces what the rods do. So the rods feed off body heat. Yeah, and he's still got Jotaro's disc tucked into the waistband of his pants. 
So there's a red spot around that because uh, that part is still warm on his body, whereas on the other side of his body, the heat has been stolen away from his kidneys, mm. but the disc protected his other kidney. And that's so, why he's pissing blood yes. instead of dying. So if he didn't have that disc, I guess he would just be dead. Yeah, probably. Or dying slowly and painfully. Yeah, it would take a little while. You'd need to replace your kidney, but mm-hmm. you know. Jolene, Rod's feet on our body heat. Bloody urine is caused by kidney damage, he shouts. <laughs> I read it in a book somewhere that when things get cold, that they fail in your body. Mm. So that's why my kidney's done blown itself I, up. I was doing an exaggerated Australian accent, but go I, off. I, I, I guess I'm Emporio, the little... The little, little chimney chim- boy. Yeah, I've been cleaning chimneys in the prison for years. Oh, sorry, chimbleys. Uh, so, yeah, the, the hand has gotten cold and her so has rotted away into yep. bad times. And Jolene has collapsed on the shore of the swamp. Yeah, the cold has twisted her bones. And he's like, I only wanted to immobilise you so that I could strike uh, your brain stem, your first vertebrae. And Emporio's like, get your head underwater, Jolene. And Jolene's like, no, I'll do the opposite of that. Give me your lighter, small child. So Emporio chucks over a the, Zippo lighter. The ghost lighter. Yep. What, what do you mean the ghost That's lighter? That's what she says. But what, is that, what does that mean? He can use the ghosts of objects. Oh, yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. All right, so she takes the ghost lighter, which yep. conveniently is a real lighter. Now she wraps her body in strings. Yep. And then she sets the string on fire. So now Thereby she's covered in setting fire. her body on fire. It doesn't really affect her at all. Like, I mean, to my mind, this, as, as I alluded to earlier, this is the quintessential Jolene Cujo win a fight by putting my own body in significant <laughs> mortal peril moment. She's done things like this many times throughout the series, but yeah. to my mind, deliberately setting herself on fire to punch a guy yeah. is just, it's Jolene in a nutshell. Yeah, it's like, how do I win the fight? Uh, I set myself on fire. Yeah. Well, how does that help you? Shut up. Like, that's it. If only she still had that big coat from Green Dolphin Street Prison, because then she mm. could have just set the coat on fire. And then it would have burned into ash and mm. it would have been symbolic. But it's not. So she's just not on fire, but she's on she's, fire. She's standing around on fire. fire. Yeah. She, no, she's fire, within. Yeah. She's, she's within. She's unwrapped her string <laughs> to reveal a fire form underneath her a string. string. I feel like we're back. I feel like we've had a couple of a bit of a slump recently, but I feel like we're back. We've had too many two-part episodes, but this this is the one. Uh, so anyway, she looks she looks fucking awesome doing it. Yeah, literally, we get a close-up of like her face, and she's just like, "I'm gonna fucking destroy you." Yeah, she's like, walking slowly towards him. Uh, it looks like she's got like Dragon Ball Z energy sw- swirling around her, but she's actually just on fire. And the only reason this doesn't work for uh, Ricky L. Is because there's too much heat. And so... So the, the rods, rods can't find her body heat because there's too much fire. And so they just they just go everywhere. They're yeah. just like, Bleh. But that's never explained like that. That's more like, <laughs> you, I'm on fire. For once, you've got to deduce it yourself. <laughs> it's like, I'm on fire. Well, oh, so they'll They can't the steal her body's body heat because there's too much excess heat. It's a yeah. cold sink. Yes, <laughs> I guess. He, she punches him and he falls back onto the motorcycle and his... Sleeve, his, his, not his sleeve because he's sleeveless, but the corner of his jumpsuit rips on his shoulder, revealing a Joe Star birthmark star. And then uh, Jolene's like, that birthmark, I know who you are. But you, no, she says, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you but are. But you can tell me all about it after I kick the crap out of you. 
And he's like, no, I've changed. I've got too much mental fortitude. You think you're tough? I'll also set myself on fire. So he grabs some petrol from his motorbike. It'd be great if he just did this and then just burned to death. <laughs> because it's like, you idiot. I set myself on fire with thread from my stand. Yeah, you just set yourself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would be amazing. Anyway. So they're both just standing there talking to each other, both literally wreathed in flame. So uh, Jolene's talking, he's talking. He's like, don't you understand? I am Apollo 11. Yeah, now that I'm also... He screams, I am Apollo 11. It's amazing. It's like the astronaut in um, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater who oh. went to space and became really angry and on fire. The rage? Yeah. And so he's or just like, or whatever. you don't understand. I can't feel anything but anger because humans are the worst. Um, his, his motivation is that because the roads can't sense Jolene because she's on fire... Mm-hmm. If he's also on fire, now for some reason they'll be able to censor. I don't understand how this makes any sense, but I'm here for he's it. He's not a smart man, but he no. is Apollo 11. Look, he's having a mild panic attack, which will <laughs> reduce his cognitive function just slightly. Jolene goes to punch him. Mm-hmm. And, and she and misses. She, she punches where he is, but like the image warps around. And, and she's like, what the fuck? Huh? She has a big gasp moment. And then Hermes points out that he's over there, stop dropping and rolling to put himself out. Yeah. And he's like, you idiot. You can't see. So how many how many people have given Joel... I don't remember Araki remarked in an author's note earlier that this part has a lot of illusions and deception stands. Hmm. So we've had to deal with this. We've had to deal with what's her name? Uh, Mew Mew and Mew Mew. Jailhouse Lock. Um, uh, there was Melty Wax... Melty wax. Um, John, the the fake John Gallier stand, which maybe have in fact turned out to be White Snake, like the first encounter of the thing. Remember Jolene and Jairo were in the interview room. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Who and they had, had the sniper dream. rifle, but he didn't have the sniper rifle, yeah. but he did have the sniper rifle. Yeah, yes. I guess, the, and that wasn't even his stand, so I guess that must have been White Snake doing a thing it never did again. Maybe I'm not sure. The point is, someone was doing it. Yep. Were there any others? Um, well, I guess there was a... Uh, backwards. Her shrinking was literally I mean, There were shrinking. two shrinking stands, which is another strange pattern. Wait, what was the other one? There was, you can't run towards the green baby or you get small. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, the roots were real. Arguably invisible corpses because... Invisible you, corpses. Another enemy you can't see. Invisible Sports corpses. Max. Invisible corpses that you can't... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's an illusion. Well, I guess it's invisibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess random... Not superheroes. Random IP not protected. <laughs> I mean, they were real. But, but you did go into a weird fantasy land, didn't you? Yeah, where like... What so you're we'll, count, seeing, we'll count that. Yeah, what you're seeing isn't maybe what's actually And your happening. body is running through a chocolate shop for a reason that's never explained. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's, it's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot it's going a lot. on there. But nothing compared to this. This man decides, you know what? I'm done being on so, fire. Yeah, he reveals that by setting himself on fire... He could figure out where Jolene left that wasn't on fire. And it was her mouth, which was open so she could breathe. Uh, so he sent, he sent rods through her mouth. It's about the temperature differential, not the absolute temperature. And uh, mm-hmm. sucked the heat from her thalamus. And we get a little side, a profile shot of like an anatomical like diagram. A, what, what do they call them when it's the side cut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like in a biology lab, you yeah. see one half of it has the skin and the other is all the organs exposed. Yeah. It's like they bisect someone. Not bisect. They uh, they 
cut him up to down. They pan-sex someone. They pants. They, they do an organ donor's fucking dream and just whoop. Um, the thalamus yeah. is a relay station for all sense. I'm just imagining the anatomy for beginners guy. Uh, do you remember that show? No. The SBS series they did probably when we were in high school oh, where a when... creepy German guy would do live autopsies for educational yeah. purposes. And then there was like that bit where he was walking around all the different slices mm. of the same person. It's like, so if we go to this one here, you get a really good well, view I of I don't this. remember that specifically, but yeah. sure. No, I remember I remember he just had all of these... Um... Like um, when the boss killed those two <laughs> members of the Hitman team and cut them into slices that he sent to them one by one. Yes, I guess. Kind of like that, but but more like thin strips rather than... Oh, actually, no, it's it's exactly like that. It's literally exactly <laughs> like that. But he, he was walking around. It was I don't think it was in a museum, but it might have been in a museum where they have these big glass containers and they they have someone that has been sliced up from top to bottom. Bad news if you're squeamish for this part of the podcast, listener. Um, basically lined up. But like, like sectioned. Yes, sectioned. So it's like, this is the foot. And then as we go to the right. Where are you going with this? Where I'm going with this is, this reminds me of that kind of view. Okay. And I wish I could go there and see it and be like, yeah, that is a foot that's been chopped open. The thalamus sits above the upper jaw in your mouth. Rods enter through your mouth and rub the heat away. Hmm. I always thought they looked bigger than that, but... Well, they can shrink down, like... Um, they can shrink in size yeah. to suit their mood. Even skeptics have to admit... Ricky L. He's the leader of the moos. What? Oh, because of the cow pattern. Yep. You... Uh, D, you D plus, Nick. Uh, you, you moo him well. He's finally got a driver's <laughs> license. <laughs> <laughs> I would just I would love to hear an actual remix of like his, his name is like this the the it DK fits the meter. Yeah, his name is Ricky L. You know him well. He's finally back to and then it hard cuts to I am Apollo 11. <laughs> oh, get on it, listeners. <laughs> so and because her thalamus is decaying from lack of heat, her eyes can't register her anymore. And he's like, no, I won't have any more panic attacks. To which Jolene says, oh, where I'm going. Oh, he, I won't he once again shouts that he's Apollo 11. I am Apollo 11. Jolene, this is like, you were remarked, this is like the most animated part six yeah. has ever been. Jolene closes her eyes and calmly inhales through all the fire. And just goes, well, where I'm going, I won't need oxygen. I won't need to breathe. Yeah, or eyes. I won't need eyes. I won't need ears. All I need to know is that I'm motherfucking Jolene Cujo. The rods are targeting my mouth. Then I won't breathe either. Uh, and she's like she is set against a backdrop of space. She's finally gone to space because she is Apollo 11. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. She is Apollo 13. Whoa. She's the challenger. <laughs> She, <laughs> she's that SpaceX launch from a little while ago. <laughs> she has just realized, well, if I can't reach space, I'll just engulf myself in flames, but still win either way, because I have mentally evolved from everything. She's thinking about concepts, and as she does, representations of them appear in this, this like, void, void of her mind space. Yeah. 
Ricky L first came after the helicopter. Glowing green image of the helicopter. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Just as I sense the green baby's position. Wow, wow, green wow, baby. wow, wow, Just And as the priest sense that I've broken out. Poochie, 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 poochie. Yeah. So, basically, she's swirling around, covered in green, cool energy. Fucking godlike pink. The fire is pink. It's far she too cool for Ricky L. Whirls around and roundhouses him in the face by sensing his position through their psychic family link. Yep, yep. That's exactly what happens. Uh, kicks him in the face. Hermes uh, and uh, Emporio are like, <gasps> her resolve is so strong. Oh my god, she inherited a... her resolve from her dad. She's Apollo Eleven. Is this the same? She looks great in this punch. Shot. This is what I'm saying. It's so animated. Is this the same Jolene who used to cry over nothing? Which never happened when she. I think was we in saw her cry in the very first shot of the thing when she was caught masturbating by a guard. Yeah. Uh, and also, obviously, in the, the trial flashbacks, but never in the present. No, not not in prison. She was already a tough nut to crack. So she just defeats him here. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, there is a bit more. Um, he's down. She, he's, he's down. She's going to ground and pound. <laughs> but she's like, no. He's like, no, my resolve is, is, is so strong. The rods have infected my body, but I'm going to still fucking kill you. He numbs himself to the pain and grabs her neck with his hand mm-hmm. so that he can extinguish the fire on her neck. So that the rods can get through the fire and oh, kill no. her. Oh no! And she's like, no, no, no. I'm going to kill you now. Yep. Basically slams his face into the goddamn dirt. And wins. And wins. Because. And because he in his plan had a fatal flaw, which is he forgot to take his fucking hand off the back of her neck and covered it from the rods. Ah, uh, see, that was the problem, is that without him to cover the hand. The flaw in his plan yeah. was that he kind of sucked. <laughs> He was a bit of an idiot. Even though his willpower was intense, his forward thinking lacks. Now there's a bit of a um, bit of a post post defeat conversation here. Before we get into that, we should probably talk about the JoJo Valley commentary and Ricky L and all that. Hit me with Ricky L. No, I'm gonna hit you with the JoJo Valley commentary for Sky High. Yeah, right. Hit me with Sky High. Based off the skyfish, an animal from an urban legend, they're also known as rods. I remember seeing a TV show about these back then too, so that must be where they're from. Literally, I saw this on a TV show, so I thought I'd put it in the manga. <laughs> oh, Araki, you beautiful, sweet motherfucker. <sighs> what an angel. Oh my an god. An angel in manga form. I wonder if every day he just goes outside and goes, oh, that's cool. Well, he lives the Rohan, Rohan Kashibe lifestyle where he goes and researches the thing he's interested in and then yeah. puts it in the manga. Yeah, and that's it. That's his whole... And that would take, like... Weeks of his life just to go, well, I'm going to have to draw this out. I'm just going to go have a look at this thing on a weekend. Oh, that's neat. Well, time to draw it out. That's it. That's all, that's all he does. Amazing. Sky High is a song by the British band Jigsaw. They're a uh, pop duo of uh, Clive Scott and Des Dyer. Dyer damn. Des Dyer died in 2009. Oh. No, sorry. <laughs> Ironically, Clive Scott died in 2009. And now Des Dyer uses Jigsaw as the platform for his solo work. Oh, okay. Well, Dyer down indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for his loss. Her loss? Their loss. In, a scr- in Australia, the group was called British Jigsaw due to the existence of an Australian band of the same name. Oh, okay. In Australia, the group was called British Jigsaw due to the popularity of the uh, fictional serial killer Jigsaw. No, no, he was a real serial killer, but only in Australia. 
Nowhere else ever knew about them. In Australia, the Saw franchise of movies was called British Saw <laughs> because of the... Wasn't... Hang on. Wasn't Saw actually made by an Australian guy? I don't know. And I refuse to find out. Oh, okay. All right. Jigsaw, yeah. the song... Uh-huh. Sorry, Sky High, the song... Yeah. ...was the main title theme to the film The Man from Hong Kong. Oh, I never knew that. I don't, I don't know that movie. I also don't know that movie. Okay. Which is why I don't... We're, I we're doing knew. great. Look, it's a great day. We got a good JoJo's out. It peaked at uh, number one in the Japanese charts. Of course it uh, did. Two in New Zealand. Of course it did. And three in Australia and Canada. Well, by British Jigsaw, not Jigsaw. Yeah. So British Sky High in Australia. <laughs> British The Man From Hong Kong. <laughs> released in the US as The Dragon Flies, a 1975 action film written and directed by Brian Trenchard Smith. I'm sorry, what? Brian Trenchard Smith? Mm-hmm. Is that like Trenchard or Trenchard? Yeah, Trenchard. Trenchard. Oh, what a fucking name. Features large, uh, multiple large-scale action scenes, stars. Originally conceived as a Bruce Lee film, mm. uh, it was reconfigured after his death uh, as the actor well, Jimmy Wang Yu's uh, first English language vehicle. Ah. Is, this, um, is this the one that had like, basically the mafia was coming after this guy? Oh, it's set in Australia. Wait, what? While working undercover at Ayers Rock, okay, Uluru, <laughs> Inspector Bob Taylor of the Australian Federal Narcotics Bureau confronts Win Chan, a Chinese drug courier, and his partner. Chan gives chase, leading to a fight on top of the si- Oh, fuck. It starts with a fight on top of Uluru. Oh, boy. Fuck me. Oh, boy. Uh, for our international listeners, we don't climb Uluru anymore because, because it's incredibly sacred. Let, let's just say it would be like... If you went to... what What's the most sacred... Amer- it's like if you went to the White House and decided to just go to the top of it and shit on it. Ac- you had your fight scene in the actual Oval Office. Yeah, it would be like if someone, say, stormed the Capitol. Deeply insensitive. <laughs> and just... Re- not a good but time. Did it, but did that for a movie. Yeah, and left Did the, the real behind. January 6th for a fictional movie. It would be like if we went to... I don't know, the Egyptian pyramids and walked on top of them. Or we or went broke to... into a big tomb down there and, yeah. say, plundered all the goods and took them to the British Museum yeah. in London. Or, say, if we went to the Eiffel Tower and then just kind of uh, got some bleach and just dunked it on it or something. Or we no, went... it's not like that. Or we went to the Statue of Liberty and for a movie we just no, it's kept not like hitting that it with a, with a hammer and chiselled away at it for years with... Uh, a, a chisel. I don't know, man. That's the level I'm talking at, though. Rikiel is named after Sonia Rikiel, who I'm sure we've talked about previously on this podcast, but I can't remember why. No, we have. She's the Queen of Knits. Queen of Knits? Why have we talked about Sonia Rikiel? I don't know. I, I, I fact-checked why. I, I think she may have even come up twice before. Um, <laughs> has, she, um, has she got a brand that something's named after in the show? I mean, Rikiel... Yeah, 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 yeah. But before that, was was there like a Chanel? That's what I was name? checking, but yeah. I can't, I can't off the top of a quick look find anything. Hmm. Maybe her son. Is there a Jean Philippe that we've encountered so far? A Jean Philippe Riquiel? Don't think so. I recognise her charming smile and her flaming red hair. What's the name of her brand? Can't find anything. Hmm. Um. Well, as I'm sure we've met referenced previously. The wardrobe malfaction for Sonia Rikiel is that she signed a petition in support of Roman Polanski. Yup. Yay. <laughs> Moving on. 
Jolene ha- and Ricky L have a lo- Ricky L has a long monologue. It's it's just about like I can see clearly now. I don't have an- anxiety anymore. I couldn't even ride a car before, but the priest filled a hole in my heart. Mm. Filled it with rods. Oh, that's nice. So I gave him my life because he's great. And does that mean your throat's gonna rot away? He seeks all of the strongest fates, and you have a strong fate. And weather report: his brother has a strong fate. <gasps> Wait a minute. Weather Report is the priest's brother. That's right. Brother. Brother. It's been too jojo. Liquid weather. <laughs> Liquid weather. Rain. <laughs> That's just... That's what that is. You've got, you've got solid poochie and liquid poochie. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say conjoined at birth. Separated or at birth. If, so... Uh, and obviously solid, Solidus Poochie. Yes, yeah, And then a, the fourth state of matter, mm. Rod Poochie. Wait, no, that'd be the fifth state of well, matter. You know what? Just go with me. <laughs> okay, all right. This. Fourth Poochie. Hey, it's me, Rod Poochie. Hey, you go and love it's me, Rod Poochie, innit? He keeps talking and then eventually Hermes punches him out. It's like, it doesn't matter what he said or done because... Uh, Poochie brought Sportsmax back to life after he killed my sister, so I'm going to fuck him up because of that. Mm. And then they leave. They, and, uh, they go em- to Orlando. Emporio's like, oh, that sweet, innocent Jolene. She doesn't know. Or, or she does. Anyway, Sky House, fuck. <laughs> yep. Beyond recovery, and the rods are still out there. And we get a oh, Black Z- Legend of Zelda style, four more days until the new moon. Yep. Dawn of the fourth day. Uh, what, 80... 86 hours remain. 96 hours. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes. 48 times yep. 2. Yep. I only know this because someone asked me what 48 times 2 was the other day and I was like, oh, it's like 64. And they were like, Nick, what the fuck are you talking about? A couple of motorcyclers are motorcycling down the road and the narrator is telling us about how in Florida they, their freedom to not wear helmets is prioritised over the safety of doing so. Hmm. Why? America. Yeah. And we see some rods zoom by and we hear them die in a fiery bike accident. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Rods. Still S- out there. Somewhere out there. Good app. Yeah. Fun times. Phenomenal, some might even say. Highlights, lowlights. I, I kick <sighs> off with my highlight. Um, okay. Obviously, the iconic Jolene sets herself on fire moment. Yep. Uh, I want to say my highlight would be... Oh, God. What's it going to be? Oh, there's too many. There's there's literally so many good moments. I want to say it's going to be I Am Apollo 11. That was great. And of course, honourable mention to Jolene closing her mouth on fire and... Roundhouse kicking her way. Well, uh, internalising her journey to date uh, and yes. beautifully animated. Hmm. So weirdly well animated, given that the rest of this series has been like... Okay. Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More or less. Low lights. I'm going to say, uh, just going to throw this out there. Mm. Uh, Emporio pissing himself, pissing blood. I mean, it's not great. Of all the things to pick. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, I have a broken hand. Oh, I have a broken leg. <laughs> I'm pissing blood. You're like, oh. And the way he oh, phrases okay. it, it's not even, oh my God, I'm uncontrollably pissing blood or whatever. Yeah. It's, he just shouts, apropos of nothing, there's blood in my piss. <laughs> It's like um, it's like he it's like the way it's phrased implies he was already going to be peeing. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're not in jail, you don't know where the toilets are. Mm. You know where else are you going to go? The ghost toilet. Exactly. That's right here in your heart. In the sense, you're going to piss yourself. Well, don't worry. Soon, um, Father Pucci will fill that ghost toilet in your heart. 
What's your low light? Uh, I want to say my low light is... Um, as much as I love it, the absolutely deranged logic in this episode of you set yourself on fire, well, I got to set myself on fire so that I can tell we're weak spot. We'll see who's more on fire, Jolene. But the thing is, it's not even... He's heating up. It's not even a lot. He's on fire. It's actually just amazing. It's just baffling. But it's just like, what? Fucking, how is that the resolution we're going? What did you think of the reveal that Weather Report is Poochie's brother? I was like, what? What? It makes a lot more sense why he has no memories now, at least. Yeah. Um, And why he could sense them. Mm, Exactly. Where he's like, I know this. So you've come around to the whole Dio's kids thing finally as well? Well, yeah. I'm still a little bit iffy around is Father Poochie Dio's son or... Because he didn't have the... He got that when he... He melted with the green baby. So the question then becomes... And also Father Pucci and Dio were hanging out in the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the question is, okay, these must all be from the same bloodline as, like, Giorno Giovanni. Um, Why? Well, because they're Dio's sons. Oh, in the sense... The same bloodline as Giorno Giovanni in the sense that they are Dio's sons. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, But... You see what I mean when I say, why isn't Giorno here? Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. But he's off in Italy. You know, he's not going to be like, ooh, I better go to Florida real quick. He's going to be like, nah, I can make money here. Stopping the drugs. Exactly. Stopping the drugs, but also shaking down most normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it actually would be a perfect time to be like, wait, who are you? It's like, my name is Giorno Giovanni. Giovanna. My name is Giorno Giovanna. I could fuck up all of you just With by looking at you. My magical reality powers. Yeah. So let's maybe keep him out he of He turned all of the rods into frogs. It's like, wait, can I trust you? And he'll probably be like, no, but I can take your money. So bye. I don't know. It feels, it feels right that he wouldn't show up for multiple reasons. Because A, he could kill everyone. B, he's running the mafia. He's fine. He's set. He doesn't need to worry about any of this shit. He doesn't know that Poochie's planning some new moon, new world shit. Like, there was some... I think I, I may be misremembering this, but I think there was some... Someone asked Araki why Jono wasn't around. Mm. Uh, and I believe the response was something like, Jono doesn't appear in the story, but probably he was in Florida around the same time. <laughs> why? What? Because why? of gravity, Nick. Oh, no, you don't have to. Oh, oh sweet Araki. Uh, I know we're running long, but I'll quickly see if I can find a source and then I'll, oh. cut, I'll cut extra time. If, if Amazing. Amazing. Um, hey, hang on a second. If, if Poochie is... Sorry. If Weather Report is Poochie's brother and Weather Report has the birthmark already, but Poochie doesn't, how does that work? What do you mean? Well, rather, we knew that Weather Report had the, the old star on his back, right? Pre-Green Baby. Hmm. Like, like, no Green Did Baby. Did we know that? Well, no Green Baby required. Did right? we see that? Yeah. When? In the, um, the, the, the bit uh, with the, with the sh- uh, Pinocchio and, and... That's post-Green Baby. No, but he didn't eat the green baby. Yeah, but he's brothers with... Yeah, but what I'm saying is all of the sons probably already had the birthmark, much like Giorno did. Yeah. So then... But Pucci didn't. Yeah, Pucci didn't because Pucci wasn't his son, right? Right? No, that's right. So Pucci didn't have the birthmark, but Weather Report did have the birthmark? So, I don't know. I'll look it up later. It's fine. <laughs> the important thing is that Giorno Giovanna was there around the same time but did not feel the need to come on by. Okay, this is uh, Rickiel's privilege card. Rickiel's privilege card? That's what it says. Okay. It's like a little profile thing appearing in the manga. 
zero context of what privilege is, but okay. I want to say maybe they did these for, yeah, they did these all for all the prisoners, even though we're not doing prisoners anymore. The formatting remains. What the hell's a privilege card? Maybe it's like their profile in the prison or something. It doesn't matter. Yeah. What's important is there's a card. I'm kind of annoyed that I'm just finding these now, actually. I could have been sharing these the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Born in 1988, his father is the vampire Dio. His mother is assumed to be one of Dio's victims. Mm -hmm. Ricciel came to Florida because he was mysteriously drawn to Father Pucci. He had no hope for his future and was quite spiritually damaged. This emulated itself physically as well, such as his falling eyelids and his laboured breathing. Mm. But with the discovery of his power sky high and his rods, he found that he could concentrate better than he ever had before. He finally found a a way to unleash his true potential. Giorno Giovanna is also a son of Dio. But then, why was he not uh, drawn to the priest as well? This is a mystery. But perhaps he is already somewhere in Florida. Ooh. So he was there, but he wasn't there. I mean, perhaps. Maybe he was watching from his golden throne. Hovering above all as reality warps around him again. We'll never know. Uh, yeah. So, Nick. Yes. Four days until the new moon. Dun, dun. Father Pucci's in Orlando, Florida. Yep. Jolene and co. are on their way tracking him down. Oh. Weather Report and Anasui are tracking down Jolene. Yep. Because they're drawn to her, of course. Because they're super into her. Well, or Weather Report's... Anasui is. Yeah. Anasui's like... Weather Report's like, I can feel her presence. She's nearby. I'm drawn to her because... And Anasui yeah. is pointing Weather Report at her like a magnet. Yeah. And it's just like, find me, the oh, woman. Like, what's those um divining rods? He's got Weather oh, Report. Big, uh, like a, yeah. He, the big uh, wishbone. He's holding him by things. both his legs. And yep. Weather Report is sticking his hands <laughs> out. It's like, go, my child. <laughs> What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean in the episode entitled Time for Heaven, Three Days Until the New Moon. I love that they start it with Time for Heaven. You're like, oh, okay, it's 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 go time, like three days. It's the rapture. Oh, okay. Three days. Okay, so here's what gets me. The countdown the days. Yeah? Yeah. Which makes me think that each episode, at least for a few episodes, are going to be one day per ep. Okay. But we're only like three into the last 12 of yeah. this whole thing. Now, you know my feeling on time powers being the end of every single JoJo's part. Yeah, I don't know your feeling on it. I know you've observed it. I know it's a common pheno- commonly observed phenomenon. My feeling is if it doesn't and happen... And you, of course, independently deduced. Exactly. And if we don't get it in this one, I'll be shocked. Mm-hmm. So my feelings are, it's going to happen. My thought is... Is it going to be some kind of weird, oh, we count down and then the number resets again to like three days before. It's Majora's Mask. Yes. But it has to be different from... Because that's kind of what Bites the Dust was. Yeah, so... But longer. I'm trying to think like, is there something else going on with it that... What about the moon? Well, that's what gets me. We haven't... It's not falling to the earth yet. Heaven's falling down. That's the name Mm. of the song. Mm. Time for heaven. Yeah. And they have to go to space. Cape Canaveral. Yeah. Apollo 13. So I reckon the next one will be maybe the... Uh, who, who was the other guy? Not Ricky L, but the other guy that was talking with Pucci. We don't know yet. Yeah. So maybe he'll show up. Maybe he was one of the bikers. No, they died. Oh, okay. They were killed by the rods. Very good. If they were wearing their helmets, they would have lived. Mm-hmm. But freedom is prized above all. Um, okay. So Jolene and Hermes and Emporio will make their way... To Orlando, Cape Canaveral, but they still won't reach it yet because they have to meet up with Weather Report and Anasui. It's it's a classic storytelling storytelling fable. Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, they will meet each other not in the next step, but the app after. And what the fuck is Poochie doing? 
There's still one more son of Dio out there. There is. And I suspect he'll show up next step. Weather Report still got amnesia. They still got to get Jotaro his other disc. Hmm. But they, they need to get Poochie to do that. No, they've got the disc. Oh. Wait, do they? It saved Emporio's life this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Hmm. But he's, of course, off in the secret Speedwagon medical facility. Yeah, and they can't very easily just be like, we'll get a message to the Speedwagon Foundation because... Because they're escaped convicts. Exactly. Um, that, and I don't think Jolene even knows how to do it. I don't think Jodo explained the nuances of, if you ever get in trouble, call Speedwagon. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think Speedwagon gonna... is, like, strapped into that chair from Bubblegum Crisis that the old man's in. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Don't you understand? I love the Joe Stars. <laughs> I want the Joe Stars and the Dios to live in peace. Don't you understand? And then you've just got fucking Poochie there being like, yes. yes. Walk outside to fucking Ricky L's like, you know, as a golem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. So I don't think they're going to reach Cape Canaveral yet. They're probably going to meet up with Weather Report and Anasui through some kind of stand battle. And then Poochie m- might explain what the fuck he's on about, but maybe not. Okay. That, that's all I got. Yeah, well, not a lot to go on based on the title of the next episode. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out next time on JoJo's World. I've enjoyed this episode, Nick. <laughs> yeah. If you've enjoyed it, listener, tell a friend. Maybe take a long drive with them and make them listen to the podcast. Potentially support us on patreon.com slash JoJo's World. But until then, to, to be, be continued. continued. Ugh.